0: Welcome back to another episode of The Goal Call, a Stanley Cup playoffs podcast featuring me, Nathaniel Marlowe, and what a round it has been so far. And we've only gone through game ones. This this round so far has already been so wild. We got blowouts. We got dekes and dangles. We got suspensions. And it's only game one. Game two of uh, round one starts tonight for the Philadelphia Flyers and the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets, and the Los Angeles Kings against the Vegas Golden Knights. So let's start out in the West with the Los Angeles Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights. It was only a one-goal game between the Knights and the Kings. Shea Theodore of the Vegas Golden Knights scored only 3 minutes and 23 seconds into the first period. And even though Jonathan Quick let a goal in early, he was on fire the rest of the night. It was just the teammates around him who weren't doing such a great job. But even when they were doing a great job, they just couldn't find the puck past Flory at all. Easily the number one star of the game, at least in my book, followed by Shea Theodore, of course, getting the one and only goal. So shots on goal, Kings had 30, Vegas had 28. The face-off circle, that's where the Golden Knights, I think that's where they really took control of the game because they won 57% of the face-offs compared to the Kings' 43%. Uh, power play, each team had three power plays, accumulating to uh, three penalties and six penalty minutes each, but no one scored on the power play. The hits, 68 hits for the Kings and 59 for the Vegas Golden Knights, combining for a total of 127 hits in that game. <laughs> that was probably the most entertaining factor of that game because it felt like you were watching old-time hockey again. Although... Sometimes you could get a little bit too physical, and that's in the case of Drew Doughty in the hit against William Carrier. So, William Carrier of the Vegas Golden Knights, he's bringing it into the offensive zone. Drew Doughty, he's coming cross-ice and essentially back-checks him. Initially, what I thought happened was Doughty had the puck, and he checks him in the head from behind... Uh, resulting in an interference penalty. But no, it was Carrier who had the puck. And what Carrier did, it was smart and dumb simultaneously. It was dumb that he dropped his head. He didn't keep his head up. He drops his head. That and also drops his uh, his shoulder as well. He doesn't brace himself for the hit. But it was also smart for him to drop the shoulder because he sees Dowdy coming. He's able to draw the penalty. And now Dowdy's out for the next game, suspended by the uh, Department of Player Safety. One of the best defensemen in the league, if not the best defenseman. Now he's out, and the Vegas Golden Knights—they have a much better chance of winning Game Two now. But I'm starting to reconsider who's going to win this round. I still think Vegas is going to win overall, but this might take seven games. Is this the, Game One was only a one-goal game? Vegas is tremendous at scoring goals all around. They have that—they have that depth scoring right now that they need in order to win a few rounds of these playoffs. But they only got one goal against Jonathan Quick. And yeah, both teams were playing solid defensive games. But if you want to win more games and win a round or two, you got to get the puck behind the goaltender. I love that it was a physical game, but you're just not used to seeing that out of Vegas. You're more so used to the speed and the goal scoring. The hitting is where more so uh, that's that's Los Angeles' style of play. That's where they can win, especially with a shaky goaltender like Mark-Andre Fleury. Yeah, Fleury got a shutout in game one, but Fleury's also rather inconsistent. He's either on fire or he lets in 10 goals at a time. So these next few games, without doubting, I expect uh I expect Vegas to win game two because the Kings are without doubting the next game, and Vegas is still on home ice. The game's three and four. I, I think. L.A. Can, uh, can manage to win those games. I expect this to go seven games the way both teams played game one. If neither one of them takes control, I think it's going to go seven games. But Vegas, I think, is still going to come out on top. The Minnesota Wild against the Winnipeg Jets. Now, that felt like old-time hockey right there. Not necessarily with the fight, but the hits. There weren't as many hits between the two, he- between the two teams compared to the Kings and the Knights. But it... Every hit that was delivered, they were big hits, unbelievable, and it felt like you were watching great physical hockey. Thirty-one hits for the Wild and thirty-nine hits for the Jets. Shots on goal, Wild only had twenty. Excellent shutdown defense by the Winnipeg Jets, who had forty shots on goal in the face-off circle. That's where the Jets remained dominant again, winning fifty-four percent of the face-offs. The power play, Winnipeg Jets, Patrick Linea got one power play goal. Penalties, Winnipeg only took one penalty, and the Wild took two penalties. Block shots, the Wild, uh, the one place where they were dominant, like they had to block a couple shots, otherwise it probably would have been the 5-2 game. Minnesota blocks 22, uh, 22 shots, and Winnipeg blocks 16 giveaways, Minnesota with 15, and the Jets with 16. A scoreless first period, but Mark Shifley breaks that late in the second period, Leading Winnipeg up 1-0. But come the third period, Minnesota starts off strong. Matt Cullen, not even two minutes into the third period. Ties it up for Minnesota. And Zach Parisi, three minutes, 58 seconds into the third. Gets the go-ahead goal, but not even a minute later. Patrick Laine, just under the five-minute mark into the third period. Power play goal. Ties it back up. You just had a feeling Winnipeg was going to come right back. And you also had a feeling once Patrick Kaline got in that slot. He was just going to wrist it away. Puck ends up in the back of the net. Joe Morrow getting the game-winning goal. 12 minutes, 47 seconds into the third period. Winnipeg wins their first playoff game in franchise history, or at least this franchise of the Winnipeg Jets, formerly of the Atlanta Thrashers, not the old Winnipeg Jets. And this has been a long time coming for the city of Winnipeg. And head coach of the Minnesota Wild, Bruce Boudreau, naturally not a happy man as he rarely is. Pittsburgh Penguins against the Philadelphia Flyers. Pittsburgh with an absolute blowout. Seven goals against the Philadelphia Flyers compared to their zero. 33 shots on goal for the Penguins. And the Flyers only 24 shots on goal. Matt Murray achieving uh, his first shutout. Of the playoffs this uh, this round, and if you take into consideration the final two games of the Stanley Cup Final last year, Matt Murray has achieved three shutouts in a row during the playoffs. The one good thing that the Flyers had on their side was that they won the majority of their faceoffs, fifty-two percent compared to the Penguins' forty-eight. Which, for great centers like Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby, that is impressive. But faceoffs don't necessarily win you games. Penguins did most of their damage 5-on-5, five five, scoring 6 out of their 7 goals and 5-on-5 five five and only 1 on the power play. Flyers had a surprisingly decent penalty kill, especially against the, against the Penguins, but they were not ready to play playoff hockey tonight. 6 of their 7 goals were given up 5-on-5 five five and not on the Penguins' power play. <laughs> The Flyers were ready to play physical with them, achieving 39 hits compared to the Penguins' 27. But in the offensive zone, they were missing shots left and right. Konechny could not hit the net. Coots couldn't get it behind Matt Murray. They weren't setting up well. This is the exact opposite style of hockey that you want to play against the Pittsburgh Penguins. If the Flyers want to beat them in Game 2, they got to play with just as much tenacity in the offensive zone, they just gotta focus on getting great quality shots. Then the worst part about their game: their turnovers. The first three goals of the that the Penguins scored were a result of the Flyers turning over the puck in the defensive zone. You can't do that, especially against the reigning Stanley Cup champions. The biggest flops of the game, perhaps other than Brian Elliott, were Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, and Shane Gossisbear, as they were scored upon for four out of the seven goals. And already in round one, we have our first hat trick with Sidney Crosby scoring the final three goals of the game in game one. The Penguins are proving that they are hungry to win the Stanley Cup for the third year in a row, and the Flyers are struggling to prove that they want to win a game in this round. And that's why I'm sticking with the Pip- that the Pittsburgh Penguins are going to win round one here, because they just absolutely dominated Philadelphia, and I think they're going to dominate the rest of round one here. So moving over to Capitals, Blue Jackets. Blue Jackets, the bread man, Panarin, gets the game-winning goal in overtime against the Capitals. And the Blue Jackets were oddly down that game. Uh, they were down for most of it, and they ended up coming back, achieving their first playoff lead in franchise history. They lead against the Capitals, 1-0 now for a best-of-seven. Uh, and that was on the Capitals' home ice. That was rather shocking. I think, uh, and that's part of the reason why I think the Columbus Blue Jackets are going to make it past the first round here. I think they're going to beat the Capitals. I think it's going to take 7 games to do it, but I see them moving on to round 2. Boston and Toronto. Uh before, I had Toronto being the best of uh being the best of 7 here compared to Boston but now without Nazim Kadri due to a suspension uh, for a hit against Tommy Wingles uh I think Boston has this now I think they're gonna find a way to win Toronto's gonna put up a good fight without Kadri either way but uh, I still see Boston being dominant Tampa Bay Lightning New Jersey Devils Tampa Bay the favorite to win the cup especially compared to the New Jersey Devils I see Tampa Bay moving on to round two Western Conference, let's take a look at uh, Nashville, Colorado. Uh, Nashville was surprising me a little bit. They were down uh, in the first period, managed to tie it up, and then they were down again. They still came back to win the game, but not the best way to start off that game. I still see Nashville moving on to round two. Winnipeg, Minnesota, physical game. I'm, I'm starting to think that uh, this might turn into a full seven games, but I, I think Winnipeg's going to move on to round two. Vegas and LA, another one of those... One of those uh, series that I think you can go the best of seven, but I'm thinking Vegas. And San Jose and Anaheim, uh, another series yet again. I think it takes seven games, but the way San Jose uh, played in the second period last night, how they were so dominant in the offensive zone, Vander Kane scoring two goals, and then Brent Burns from the point, I think they're moving on to round two. So, round two in the Eastern Conference for my bracket, we have Pittsburgh against Columbus. Uh, the way Pittsburgh just rattled Columbus last year, uh, I definitely see them advancing to round two. Tam Bay, Boston. That's a tough one. Uh, I think Boston has the defense to hold back Tam Bay, but Tam Bay does have the power to get it past Tugaras. I think that's going to be the biggest factor. How well is Tugaras going to play in that series? and i think you can hold them back so i'm thinking boston moves on to round uh, to round 3 nashville winnipeg this is one we're all dying to see. or, or at least uh, the vast majority of the uh, professional analysts really want to see everyone thinks it's going to go the best of 7 i'm thinking it's also going to go 7 games but i still think nashville's going to move on to round number 3 vegas san jose I gotta go Vegas, uh, San Jose. Like they don't have a, they have depth, but not necessarily as great depth as uh, Vegas has. So that's the way I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking Vegas to move on to round number three. So round three matchups, I got Boston Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah, Boston dummy Pittsburgh eight to four, but uh, in a game this year in the regular season. But Pittsburgh, they had that playoff mentality to win. Boston hasn't won a Stanley Cup since 2011, which <laughs> sounds so recent, but for them, it was a long time ago. I don't think uh, they can do it against a reigning Stanley Cup team that's won it two years in a row, especially one that's on a quest for a three-repeat. I have Pittsburgh making it to the Cup Final. Nashville, Vegas. That same same scenario. I got to go Nashville because their, their death is stacked. So... Between Nashville-Vegas, definitely Nashville. Now, I definitely had, if it was any other matchup, any other potential matchup, I would have Pittsburgh three-peating. But, with Pittsburgh-Nashville, I'm thinking Nashville. Because Nashville would have that home ice advantage because they won their conference. They would have that advantage over Pittsburgh out of seven. So... I'm thinking Nashville is going to win the cup final. If my bracket goes awry, assuming Pittsburgh wins everything else and uh, every other team is jumbled up and another team other than Nashville makes it to the cup final, I'm thinking Pittsburgh's going to three-peat. But the only team I think who can stop Pittsburgh in the cup final is Nashville. Nashville has that depth now. Nashville has a better crowd than Pittsburgh does now. Nashville has a former two-time Stanley Cup champion Nick Bonino, who they acquired from the Penguins. The Penguins don't have Nick Bonino anymore, who's a key bottom six forward. If Pittsburgh wants to win the Stanley Cup for a third year in a row, and if they face Nashville in the cup final, Pittsburgh has to play twice as good as they did last year, especially because they don't have guys like Nick Bonino and Ian Cole anymore. In Nashville, they just got to keep doing what they're doing, stay hungry and they'll find a way to beat Pittsburgh. Or well, keeping this episode short today, that I'll do it for another episode of The Goal Call, a Stanley Cup Playoffs podcast. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you again on tomorrow's episode. <laughs>